Welcome back to the Say What NICU Mama podcast, where I tell you what they don't tell you about the NICU. Say what? This is another installment for you to enjoy. Just remember to love yourself, take care of yourself, and believe in your ability to advocate for your child. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, 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 beautiful Nikki Mamas and Papas. This is Say What? Nikki Mama, or aka Crystal Ross, here back with another podcast. You guys have to excuse my break. I had to take a mental break. There was just so much going on, um, especially on Instagram. So I want to give a shout out to Saisha and hashtag bring Amon Ra home and to bring um, Zephaniah home and a shout out to at Operation um, Stop CPS because there's just so much going on in the black community that has just completely broken my heart and I just want to let you know that Say what Nikki Mama sees you all. I'm praying for you all. And that my hope is that you will get your babies back. Because I cannot even begin to imagine not being able to get my baby back. And then being in the care of another family. And being legally kidnapped from me. Um, So I just had to make that shout out because it was very important Um, and that is the reason why I have been MIA for the last two weeks and did not upload Uh, for those that will catch this one and has still stuck around. Thank you, thank you to all my new listeners because every each and every one of you are new because this is a new podcast. Here on this podcast, we just want to tell you some things that the doctors may not tell you. Sometimes the doctors just think it's best for your mental state they think it's best for your emotional state they just think it's best that they only give you so much information especially when you have to make a ton of decisions um that are very critical to your child's care i just wanted to give you a little bit more information because i'm one of those people that just needs more information period i just need more information so i can make a better and informed decision and i believe that there are more parents out there that hey if i had known that that would be a side effect if i had known that this is what i was going to deal with i may have made some different moves or you know what i feel more comfortable with the decision that i did make and we want to give you that freedom we want to give you i want to give you that opportunity to make that decision knowing all the outcomes as many outcomes as you can understand and comprehend and make the most informed decision for you and your baby so today we're gonna be talking about medication there are a few medications that have come across my research and I just have to let you guys know about it I just want to let everybody know that by no means am I discrediting the extensive study the extensive research and the amazing work that neonatologist hospital is and all the doctors uh, do in the hospital or in the medical field you guys are absolutely amazing and i uh commend you i applaud you and i'm trying to be a part of your community 
Um, but at the end of the day, there are some things that I feel like, man, I wish you had just told me. If you're going to withhold information, at least give me the option to say, hey, don't tell me everything. Just tell me what I need to know. Or, hey, I'm one of those people. I want to know everything. Tell me all the possible outcomes. And when you're in the NICU, don't be afraid to ask the doctor that. They're going to look at you and be like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to hear this? Are you, are you sure you want to know all the possible outcomes? But yes, 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 I do. I was one of those people. Yes, yes, I do. If that's not you, that's totally fine. Um, I will have a place for you still on this podcast because I want to do some other things that are just for people that, you know, I just want to have the most peace I can possibly have during this situation. But I'm going to tell you this podcast is going to be a lot of information. And so if you're one of those parents that like information, continue to listen. If not, I will see you on a different podcast. And that's totally fine. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about medication. One is Avastin. The other one is Labetalol. Avastin is a treatment that is given to babies that are dealing with ROP or retinopathy of prematurity. And Labetalol is something that is given to mamas to manage blood pressure and is used in um, women that are pregnant um, because it has been known to help out with a lot of things that pregnant women go through. So, you know what? Let's start with labetalol. Labetalol was something that I have personally taken um, dealing with high blood pressure and dealing with preeclampsia. Um, and I found an article and it was found on elactation.com. Elactation.com is a website that tells you whether or not a medication is good or bad. Actually, they have tiers, very low risk, low risk, high risk, very high risk for you to take while um while while lactating or while breastfeeding and we know that breastfeeding is one of those things that we can do like we can't be as hands-on sometimes as we want to be in the NICU especially considering some of the things that our babies might go through but one thing that we can always do is give them our our milk And so we want to know if there is a medication that we are taking that could affect the health of our baby or even possibly prolong the baby's stay. Now, I can say that I did not find anything, and I'm still researching this. This is ongoing. um, That would say there's a medication that a mama would take that would prolong the stay of their premature baby. Um, And if that's the case for you, you know, I would say to you you know try to find some other options maybe find some donor milk or um even try to just do formula for now until you can either get off that medication or get onto an alternative medication that is safer Uh, but just understand that what is safe for a baby that is full term is not always safe for a baby that is premature Okay, and this is something that came across my mind while I was in the NICU because they were like, oh, we give this to all babies regardless of when they were born. And I'm like, that doesn't quite sound right. Um, And I feel like there's just maybe there's not a study that has been done about it yet. But, you know, let's proceed with caution. Let's proceed with prayer. Let's proceed with the best intentions in mind and just, you know, be on alert, you know, because this is not managed or this has never been given to a premature baby and we really don't know how they affect premature babies and this is coming from a place of i've had a premature baby in 2006 i've had a premature baby in 2012 and i've had a premature baby in 2021 huge gaps here 
okay huge gaps here and i can tell you that the medical field has come a long way and i'm so thankful for that and can and, and forever grateful and you know and i really really am glad that we have come a long way so libeta law this article says libeta law hydrochloride is very low risk and this is as of august 29th 2018 very low risk um, I know so many mamas that are on labetalol and we're not on like little doses of labetalol. We are on quite high doses, ladoses, <laughs> excuse me. We're on quite high doses of labetalol. To give you an idea of what labetalol is, without overwhelming you with a bunch of medical jargon, labetalol is a non-cardioselective beta blocker, okay? It manages hypertension and it's used in pregnant women with preeclampsia. Um, and it does help also to control, control hypertension during anesthesia. One thing we want to take into consideration is what it says right here. It says in low oral bioavailability would make difficult its passage to the infant's plasma through breast milk, except in premature babies and in the immediate neonatal period during which there may be greater intestinal permeability. What is that saying? Then when we as mama take it orally, the probability of it coming out in our breast milk is very, very low. However, it is higher in premature babies. It's very low in full-term babies, in like traces, but in premature babies, it is found at a higher rate, at a higher concentration. Let's put it that way. Let's read right here so you can have some numbers for those that are number oriented. It says a no well deserved case of asymptomatic bradycardia is reported in a 26 week gestation preterm infant and 640 grams of birth weight whose mother took 600 milligrams of labetalol daily through milk he received 0.1 mg kg a day of labetalol, which is 1% of the maternal dose and 0.8% of the pediatric dose. Okay, labetalol during pregnancy or delivery, but not during lactation, has been associated with neonatal hypoglycemia. The use of labetalol for treatment of hypertension during pregnancy has been associated with Raynaud's phenomena of nipples and nipple pain while breastfeeding. Discontinuation of labetalol eliminated the nipple pain. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> this is why I started this podcast because I was shocked. I was starting to do some research on my own. And again, I have had formal education in research in medical research specifically and i know how to sift out things that are you know not facts and not scientifically backed uh, and when you start seeing numbers like these these have been tested these have been you know observed in the actual you know hospital setting um and this is shocking you know taking libido law is it's, it's it's you're putting a couple things on your plate here you're, you're having issues you might have issues with lashing and breastfeeding may be uh more uncomfortable for you because you're taking a little bit of law uh your baby might have hypoglycemia or low blood sugar 
um, which is an issue for babies that are in the NICU um, or in your baby might also be getting that labetalol. And even though they may say it's asymptomatic bradycardia, if my baby is suffering from Brady, from Brady's, come on. I don't want to do anything to cause them to have a rougher time. Um, and mamas, I just want to say to you guys, this is not your fault that you had a baby early. I had a baby early and it was not my fault. I, if I could fabricate and, and knit together my own placenta, I would. <laughs> and I would put it in my body and I'd be like, take care of my baby for nine months so they can have a full-term birth and the best chance at life. But at the end of the day, we don't have power over it. All we could do is have the most positive thinking, put out the best high-frequency vibes we can, and pray, 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 pray that everything goes well and we have a healthy baby. And so when we have unexpected circumstances happen like this, we just have to be aware um, of what could be affecting it. Control, I always say, control what you can control and what you can't control, pray about. Control what you control and what you cannot control, pray about, okay? We can control or at least have a concern brought up to our physician as well as the neonatologist or nutritionist in this particular instance about how this medication is affecting our baby can you test my test my milk test my baby you're taking blood for other things uh test my baby to see if they're getting labetalol see if it's really affecting them is this a significantly is is this a uh, significant dose uh, and you know allowing something to happen or is it something that is not the cause of the rabies um, because you know at the end of the day everything cannot just be blamed on prematurity <laughs> some things could come from environment some things could, could be coming from the medication some things could be coming from mama's milk um, and some things could be coming from the formula you know, um, it, 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 it's really just, you know, this game of figuring it out for your baby and then coming up with the best plan for them to be as healthy and as thriving as humanly possible. So, you know, mamas, if you're on the beta law, you know, have this discussion again and be like, hey, there's some concerns that I've come across um, that may be an issue. You know, what what solutions do we have for this? What alternatives do they have for this? And in the article, it says some alternative medications are metropolol and propanolol. But again, you know, do the research on those. You don't want to switch from one to deal with just other issues, you know. Um, so that is labetalol. And I just had to say what to all of that. It's just mind-blowing, um, especially when it comes to medications. We know with medications, we have a benefit, but there may be some side effects that we have to deal with that may not be worth even the benefit you know for the doctors yes but for us it could be very different and as your child's advocate i would say speak up if you're not comfortable with living with those side effects okay speak up if you're not comfortable living with those side effects all right so right into aviston aviston a v a s t i n take this down if they're talking about giving this to your baby and have this discussion with their ophthalmologist have this discussion with the neonatologist and if you need to get a second and third opinion okay get a second and third opinion you're entitled to that this is from the national eye institute okay and it says that very low dose avicen effective for preventing blindness in preterm infants 
The subtitle is NIH-funded studies finds very low dose effective for treating retinopathy of prematurity, April 23rd, 2020. Under the caption of the picture, if you want to link to any of these articles, please just DM me on Instagram at say what Nikki Mama all spelled out, um, and then I will be able to send this to you. Results from an earlier earlier clinical trial confirm the benefit of using Avastin over laser therapy for treatment for the most severe cases of ROP, which occur in a region of the retina known as posterior zone, zone one. Here's the beginning of the article. It says babies born prematurely who require treatment to prevent blindness from retinopathy of prematurity, ROP, could be treated with a dose of Avastin. That is a fraction of the dose commonly used for ROP currently. Say what? (laughs) So you're saying to me, there could have been a lower dose given to babies before this time and it would have been effective. (sighs) Deep breaths, y'all. Deep breaths. This type of thing is like, try low doses first. I had a childhood disease and I understand when they can over medicate. It is a thing that can happen when your baby's in the hospital for a long period of time. It can happen on any level. It can happen to adults. It can happen to children. It can happen to premature babies. So here's my tip I'm going to give to you today. If there's any medication that your baby is taking, ask your doctor, why have you particularly ascribed this dose to my child? And if they do not talk about weight, if they do not talk about age, and if they do not talk about the necessity based on the issue, like, uh, you know, there's a disease or something going on, or they're seeing something that they're concerned about, then I would say, where are you getting this dose from then? And if they say, oh, this is just the usual dose, red flag, mama, papa, red flag, tell them, I need you to reevaluate this dose because I'm concerned about over-medication. I'm concerned about over-medicating my child when there is a lower effective dose. A lower effective dose, okay? And if this is your philosophy, let the doctors know this is your philosophy. My philosophy is be less invasive as possible. Be on the lowest dose of medication as possible to be effective and to treat the issue that is at hand, okay? Amen, I gotta say amen to that. The fraction of the dose, not half, you see what I'm saying, not a a fraction. Results from the dose finding study were published in April 23rd in JAMA Ophthalmology. The study was conducted by the Pediatric Eye Disease Investigator Group, PEDIG, is supported by the National Eye Institute, NEI, which is a part of the National Institute of Health. Preterm babies are a high risk of abnormal blood vessel growth in the retina, the light-sensitive tissue in the back of the eye. These abnormal blood vessels are fragile and prone to leaking. If left untreated, vessel growth can lead to scarring and retinal det- detachment. Come on, that's why we are taking ROP very seriously as parents, right? The main cause of ROP-related vision loss. ROP is one of the leading causes of blindness in children. Established ROP treatments, in, established ROP treatments include laser therapy and cryotherapy, which is really, 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 really cold therapy. Um, both interventions work by causing the abnormal blood vessels to stop growing before they can cause scarring and retinal detachment. Avacyn is one of the several available drugs that inhibit abnormal blood vessel growth by 
suppressing the overproduction of signal protein called vascular endothelial growth factor, VEGF. Okay, I'm spelling these things out so you can even dig even more. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved Avastin in 2004 as a cancer therapy. Avastin is a cancer therapy drug. Since then, ophthalmologists have used it off-label to inhibit abnormal blood vessels growth in ROP as well as in other ocular disorders. Results from a clinical trial published in 2011 confirmed the benefits of using Avastin over laser therapy for treating the most severe cases of ROP which occur in the region of the retina known as the posterior zone 1. I'm going to stop there. The FDA approved Avastin for cancer therapy. Let's just let's just understand this, okay? That means that all the clinical trials and all the tests that were taken were so that Avastin can treat cancer. Okay, and they're taking it off label, which is not uncommon. I'm currently on a medication that is off label and I'm taking it for a reason that they know it works. So they're not quite sure how it works, but it is not its original intent. Okay, it was not its original intent of the medication. This is not uncommon in the medical field, but this is a cancer therapy. Okay, and they were giving babies a higher dose than was needed to be effective. Advocacy for your child is so important. I wanna reiterate again, if your baby's on any medications in the NICU, outside of the NICU, uh, but uh, you know, it's still being observed in those first three to five years of life and different things like that, ask them, why are you giving my baby this particular dose? Is it because of his age? Is it because of his weight? Is it determined by his weight? Is it adjusted by his weight? Um, and is it appropriate for the severity or the lack of severity of the issue at hand? These are important questions to ask. And I want to empower you, mamas and papas. You can do it. You can ask these questions. You are entitled to it as the guardian of your baby. Please, please, please be bold and be confident in asking these questions because they're so important. I do believe it's, you know, it's not in, it's in her records, but it's not in her records um, that my first baby had issues with taking a drug. And I believe it was because of, you know, too high of a dose. It came out years later uh, in a study that, there were many, many, many premature babies lost in the NICU because of over-medicating and that on that particular medication that I believe really caused her demise. Um, so I don't wish that on anybody ever, 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 ever. So please stand up and really take into account if you need any help, I'm here. I want to stand with you. I want to support you. And I want to create a community of us coming together, being informed, and making the best possible decision for our babies. We're not medical professionals, but we are loving parents that want to do the very best that we can, knowing everything that could affect our baby. And also remember, you know your baby the best. Why? Because you know your medical history, you know their siblings' medical history, you know your spouse's or partner's medical history, you know the grandparents' medical history, you know the family history, and 
all of those things need to be taken into consideration. It may be too much information for a neonatologist or other doctors to take into consideration because they have so many things to just look at face value. But, you know, let them know, hey, this is an issue in our family. We don't respond very well to this medication. We don't respond very well to this therapy or whatever it may be. You know your baby best. Believe that, stand on it. And I'm praying for you as you go through your journey. Coming home, I believe it's coming soon. Okay? And for those that have lived and have lost, I am praying your strength and your comfort in Jesus. Okay? This is Say What Nikki Mama. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you were informed. I hope you were empowered. And I will see you on the next podcast. Take care. Thank you for joining me here on the Say What Nikki Mama podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with me on Instagram at Say What Nikki Mama. I hope to hear from you soon and I'll see you on the next podcast.